There are dire warnings that New South Wales will be hit by increasingly extreme weather. 2015 was the hottest year since climate records began. Your show this July was the single hottest month in recorded history. Australia sweltered through its hottest spring on record. Climate change is now affecting every country on every continent. It's the rate that's a great concern. And what do you put that rate down to? Oh, it's human activity. We have everything we need. Some still doubt that we have the will to act. But I say the will to act is itself a renewable resource. Hello and welcome to Climactic Curation. Curation is your monthly digest of the best of the collective. The stories of engagement with the climate crisis, the audio that connects, inspires, and sustains. A great way of introducing your friends and family to the Climactic Collective or finding something new that you'll love. On this edition, you'll hear some snippets from new releases on the Climactic Network and some updates from climate-engaged campaigns. Finally, you'll hear how you can get involved with future editions and share messages to run on Climactic through our community corner. This is a message from the Australian government. You're listening to Climactic. Over on our Facebook and Twitter accounts, which are at Climactic Show, you'll see a piece by Australian artist Dale Cox called Super Mankind. Dale's an incredible artist who's found ingenious ways of reflecting the impacts of colonization on the Australian landscape and of representing our society's growth without limit driving instinct. He's allowed us to use some of his images as show art for social media posts and we thank Dale so much for this. Get over to our social media to check out his work, and while you're there, give us a like and tell a friend about our shows. So, what was August for the Climactic Collective? Since our first edition of Curation published August 3rd, we've released nine episodes on the network. Episodes of Them Power, Sustainable You, Serially Curious, weekly episodes of The Climactic Show, and the newest show to launch on the network. Growing Concern with Sean Marsh. An incredible output for these shows, with most of the creators being in Melbourne in Stage 4 lockdown. So stay tuned to hear excerpts from a few of these, so you can see if your interest is piqued. Find all the shows on the network from climactic.com.au, where you can subscribe to shows and get all of their episodes in full. Or find these specific episodes by following the links in the show notes. Against a backdrop of large events, COVID, uh, gas-led recovery, a recession, August also marked a chance to do something personal, but powerful. Half Cut is a charity fundraiser that powers the purchase and protection of rainforests in places like the Amazon and right here in Australia. Sean Marsh, host of new show Growing Concern, made his start by interviewing Jimmy Half Cut himself. When I first saw you, my reaction was, wow, that's gutsy. What I wanted to do is I wanted to have a protest on my face. If we're talking rainforest, it's more than half, up to 16% of our earth rainforest, and we're down now to less than 3%. It's pretty horrendous. In Australia, 240 years of invasion. We've got half of our forests in Australia are gone. Half of the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park is now dead, and over 86% of our wildlife's dead. There's sort of a lot of 50s you can chuck in there. Turn that depression into something that's going to get an outcome 
feel that pain, but pu push it into a positive channel. When I first did this, I was furious. What is wrong with people? Wake the flip up. But being furious led to being extremely curious. Okay, that's something we can work with. If people don't know this, well then we just got to continue like any movement, get a critical mass and then before you know it, we can achieve some brilliant outcomes collectively together at the same time, gonna do it really quick. You can find that whole interview on the Climactic feed and coming soon to the feed of Sean's show, Growing Concern. Something you can hear there, and not on Climactic, is his interview with world figure, esteemed speaker, and former national leader, Anote Tong. Here's the first few minutes of episode two of Growing Concern. Subscribe to the show for the whole thing. Generations are standing on a precipice, staring into a void whose depths science does not know yet. Hey, and welcome to Growing Concern. My name's Sean Marsh, and this is a podcast for the unapologetically purpose driven. It's for those of you out there making a difference, shaking things up, and not taking no for an answer. It's also for anyone curious enough to see things from a different perspective. These episodes are designed for you and I to learn as we go. We'll be discussing some big challenges with inspiring people and figuring out what we can do to solve them. Every so often, I'll drop an episode that's just me sanding back the greenwash on dirty industries and sharing my thoughts on branding and strategy for ethical organizations. This is episode one. So it's late 2018, I'm in Sydney and it's hot. Like, run between shadowy doorways from the sun kind of hot. It's early, it's busy, and I'm travelling into Darlinghurst from Bondi, where I was living at the time. I'm about to meet and interview Anote Tong, the former president of Kiribati, usually pronounced incorrectly as Kiribati. The Republic of Kiribati. That was Anote with the correct pronunciation. I'm nervous as hell, but also incredibly excited. It's not often you get to meet a political figure, and even rarer still, one who's dedicating their entire lives to fighting climate change. For context, this interview was the brainchild of Jared Troutbeck, founder of Climates, a non-profit organisation that empowers Pacific Island nations to work together towards a sustainable future in the face of climate change. They do excellent work. Jared's recently stepped away from Climates to, in his own words, decolonize the organization. Uh, I'm currently writing a future episode to expand on what decolonization is all about and why it's important. Jared organized the place, the time, the audiovisual equipment, the post editing, everything for this uh, interview. And this simply wouldn't have happened without him and the Climates team. We were meeting at a place called The Vault. Picture a large James Bond-style Fort Knox doorway and you'd be pretty close. Jared, always the detailed and conscientious fella, had decked out the room in native plants and flowers from both Australia and the Pacific Islands. If you want to see it, I've put a link to the video in the description. 
So anyway, here I am shaking like a leaf and Anote walks in. The man exudes a calming gravitas. It's immediately obvious to me how he once led a nation. And I guess in some ways he still does. Uh, Anote has been on a TED talk expressing concern that his island nation would, will be gone if we don't act. Uh, there's a documentary on his fight against climate change called Anote's Ark. He's the recipient of a peace prize and he's even given speeches at numerous climate summits demanding actions, not promises. I have a lot of questions. Here's what went down. Anote, thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you and um, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Um, I think for those who aren't aware of you and um, what you're all about and currently the, the, the travels that you're on at the moment, could you give us a backstory of you and your history? Okay, well, I, I was... Um, um, in office as president of the Republic of Kiribati from 2003 to uh, 2016. And during the period of my presidency, one of the issues uh, really that uh, was, uh, uh, I gave priority to was the, the fight against what was happening on climate change. Why that was necessary is because of the, our extreme vulnerability mm. of the countries like mine, like Kiribati, Tuvalu, the Marshall Islands, the very low-lying atoll nations which are given the projections of what's happening on climate change, are really facing an existential threat from climate change. And now, since uh, retiring in 2016, I, I continue my advocacy on climate change and traveling uh, different parts of the world, uh, constantly trying to communicate that message that it, this is important, it's no longer speculation, and that uh, for, for people in countries like mine, uh, it is a matter of uh, how, whether we will have a future. Mm. Our future generations, uh, where will they go mm. when all of this comes down? And to hear the whole episode, check out climactic.com.au. Click on Growing Concerns' fantastic cover art and listen and subscribe to the whole show. So while we're on the macro scale, the existential threat of these times, let's stay zoomed out for a moment and travel the globe to Peru. Science communicator, educator, and podcaster Eve Brennan has spent time living and working in Peru, and while there she made friends with an incredible young man named Bruno. Through an NGO, Bruno works to conserve and protect the coastal ecosystems off Peru's coast, a biome affected by the Humboldt Current, one of the most biodiverse and abundant regions of the world. Sadly, this ecosystem is being ransacked and emptied. And as we learn in this episode from Eve, in conversation with Bruno, where there's exploitation of nature, there's usually exploitation of people. Please listen on to this clip of Modern Slavery Part 1 on Serially Curious with Mark and Eve. And subscribe to the feed to hear part two with Andrea, an expert in supply chain laws that are meant to keep people safe and us consumers in Australia able to choose products that aren't the result of slave labor. Part one and part two are available now on Serially Curious. In year 2016, I went uh, to do some service to a small fisherman town uh, northern Peru in a place called Cabo Blanco. 
and this uh, this is the most important tuna landing place in Peru. I found out that the tuna that they would be catching it would be sold in um, several sushi restaurants, and the price, like the difference of the price um, between the the price that the sushi restaurant pays for the fish, and the price that they sell their fish when they arrive to land is like like three or four hundred percent more expensive uh and we're saying that the middleman it's really making a making some money there yeah okay so it's those sorts of middlemen that are really exploiting the prices in order to get the maximum profits for themselves yeah so when we were there we were in just south of lima to fukusana and um when we were doing those surveys there was a lot of debris there's a lot of dead birds and and that sort of thing would you mind talking a bit more about like the larger scale issues that the marine ecosystem experiences in peru just so that we're aware and that we can understand it sure um so the ecosystem that uh, that we have around lima and south of lima and all the way to the frontier with chile is a humboldt current ecosystem which has a rich waters due to the upwelling so we have a lot of seabirds and mammals and uh, high biomass of anchovies and other species i've seen that the um, human expansion is one of the biggest problems because uh, we have this culture of not always uh, doing the right disposal of our residues so, for example, a new human settlement are, uh, appears in um, some part of the coastline. They will just build the houses, inhabit the area, and just grab all the trash and throw it into the ocean. And then when this small settlement becomes a city, then the city won't have a, a water treatment facility. They would just like throw all the sewage into the ocean. Even Lima, that is the capital city, have been like uh, untreated um, sewers going into our coasts, even though we eat from there. So I think that human expansion, uh, marine pollution due to these human settlements, also the pollution that comes from the mining industry is uh, a big problem that we have. We have like a, a lot of mining business going on and heavy metals go to the rivers and then these rivers flow into the ocean. We are seeing every time that the ocean is uh, wavy, a lot of plastic debris coming into the coastline because we have a El Nino event on 2017. And with El Nino event, all the rivers that uh, wouldn't have any water for like years were used as a junk disposal. And then these rivers got a lot of water due to the rains and they brought all this uh, trash into the coastlines. And now this trash is all like under the sand. And every time the sea gets wavy, a lot of uh, a lot of debris starts coming to the coastline. And then it's the overfishing. The amount of people that are highly dependent on fishing, and we talk here about the small-scale fisheries, it's also a big pressure on certain species that are like uh, economically important. And there's also a secret menace that is not that known, which is the Chinese and Russian vessels which uh, sail into Peruvian waters and they start just picking every fish they can and they process them on board and then they send that to back to their countries and this go unpunished and it has been for years. 
It's a great pair of episodes, and I highly recommend you check out both part one and part two of Modern Slavery on Serially Curious. You'll learn that it's not just the legacy of slavery in countries like the United States and Brazil and here in Australia that's still unsolved, but the realities of real slavery is still here with us in 2020. Many Australians are not taught in school about the history and legacy of slave labor and economic coercion right here in Australia. And that's a topic that host Angelica Cross tackles in her soon-to-launch show, Half Measures and Hope. In her first episode, The History Wars. This is Half Measures and Hope, and my name is Angelica. This episode was written and produced on the Wallamadougal land of the Darug Nation. It has been recorded on the Gurindji land of the Darug Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. This is important to have an acknowledgement of country on a topic that directly relates to understanding about First Nations people and our interactions from close contact. We have increased our recognition of First Nations and minority experiences in Australia through social media which has been informing the public about relevant issues. This was compounded by the actions of our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, in concluding that there was no slavery in New South Wales, or Australia, or whatever. Suddenly these issues have launched themselves onto our national consciousness, and experts are found rapidly to be interviewed. This is a conscious re-evaluation of the past that informs the present. There has been a re-evaluation of the way that Australian history has been understood, but largely receded into our past. What I do want to emphasise in this episode is that the issues and the players are largely not gone from the Australian political scene and are still relevant. This is what ended up being called the History Wars, although their seeds were sown long before they acquired their name. WHE Stanner identified the Great Australian Silence in the ABC Boyer Lectures, a year after the First Nations people were formally included in the Constitution, for the first time since Federation in 1901. The silence he is talking about is the discussion of First Nations people in Australian life in a systemic way. He describes it as a simple forgetting of other possible views turned under habit and over time into something like a cult of forgetfulness practiced on a national scale and that a vigorous discussion would go a long way to understanding a more fully realised Australianness in all academic disciplines, and this would absolutely include history. This is an accepted origin for widespread First Nations recognition in academic circles. But this really kicks into serious crisis by the publication of Henry Reynolds' short book, The Other Side of the Frontier, Aboriginal Resistance, the European Invasion of Australia, which was published in 1981. It details the work of colonial evidence that First Nations people were not passive participants in the initial contact. And in fact, there was more nuanced narratives between First Nations people and European settlers through colonial documents. This was effectively a counter to the work in which First Nations people were depicted as passive and retiring, as well as using traditional stereotypes to understand First Nations people as nomads. To listen to the whole show, follow Climactic on social media, where we'll announce the launch of the show 
and give you a link to follow and subscribe to Half Measures and Hope directly. Also available in your feeds is a new episode of Them Power, hosted by Manit Anupeksha, who spoke to Angelica about allyship with Indigenous peoples, learning about Australia's colonial history, and how successive Australian governments have acted over the decades of recent history. That's also well worth checking out. I could add a lot more here, including some great moments from Sustainable You and their excellent episode on how to do some swaps of household items for their more sustainable replacements. But in the interests of time, we'll have to move on from the network highlights. Safe to say there's a lot going on, and a lot more to come. So if you haven't already, get over to climactic.com.au and check out the whole network. You will find something you love. But there is a little more to say on the Climactic Network, because with as many shows and as many podcasters it has, of course there's always one more thing. Climactic has launched four new shows. These aren't shows by one host or even a team. In fact, they're mostly going to be collections of episodes you can find elsewhere on the network, or from other great shows we love. These four are curations, and it's no surprise then this episode you're listening to now, the September edition of the Climactic Curation, it's one of them. That's Climactic Curation, and that lets you subscribe to a feed of these monthly episodes, just these, but in one place. The others are Climactic Candid, for the best in long-form interviews, discussions, panel conversations from the climate community, Climactic Features, for audio documentaries, specials, miniseries, and more narrative projects. And finally, Climactic Live, for adaptations of live events in venues or over Zoom. Check out all four of these feeds now at climactic.com.au, as each one already has a great example of those types of shows in them already, and with a lot more to come. And welcome back from that showcase of our recent releases on the Climactic Collective. But the purpose of this group isn't to be inward-looking. We're here to empower the climate community in raising their voices, telling their stories, inspiring and sustaining action. So we want to make every effort to providing a platform for groups and campaigns to share updates, keep up momentum. So here's two updates. One from a campaign in Victoria, to push the state towards a renewable power grid. G'day Climactic fans, this is Pat Simons here from Friends of the Earth's Yes to Renewables campaign. It's been a pretty big couple of weeks uh, for the climate movement. Uh, most recently down in Victoria, we've ha- we're celebrating a bit of a community win uh, after the Andrews government just announced it will repower the state's schools, hospitals, and the metropolitan train network uh, with 600 megawatts of new wind and solar projects. It's fantastic news for the climate because this is going to be decarbonizing the electricity system and it's good news for those essential services which are going to be accessing a cheap, clean electricity and it's good news for jobs as well, particularly for regional areas. And it really shows that governments can lead by making renewable energy and climate action a focus of the COVID recovery efforts. We're really proud of, uh, of this one because Yes Renewables has been calling for uh, powering Melbourne's train network with renewables since 2018. So we'd just really like to thank everyone who contributed to the campaign, uh, fundraising, social media, you know, signing petitions, uh, 
putting pressure on MPs and local councils, it all adds up and it shows that when we work together, we really can win serious change. That's all from me. Over and out. Thanks, folks. And our second campaign update from Stapadani on what August meant for the campaign to stop the development of a coal extraction megasite in the Galilee Basin. Hi there, it's Adam here just giving an update on the campaign to stop the Adani coal mine. Um, the biggest um, thing that's happened this month is the Wangan and Jangalingu traditional owners have set up a blockade camp uh, on the mine site in North Queensland and they managed to block one of the main access roads into the site for five days straight. That's definitely worth checking out and finding ways to support that. On other fronts, in finance, all of the major Korean financiers have pulled out support for Adani. Insurance in the UK, there are 24 insurers that were in the mix to potentially give Adani insurance and 12 have already pulled out due to grassroots pressure and there's 12 more that we're still continuing to put the pressure on. Also, uh, in the courts, Adani was ordered to pay $160 million. And to find out more about that civil lawsuit, um, you can look into the group Galilee Blockade. Thanks for that, Adam. And uh, also, we're very excited to announce that a short film is being released very shortly on the 21st of September. Um, it's called People Power versus Adani, The Fight of Our Times. Um, it's uh, a movie that covers the whole 10-year story of the campaign um, to date. And there's, if you're interested in checking it out or even um, hosting a screening, you can go to stopadani.com forward slash people power film. That's right. Joys of editing. Those are just audio messages sent via Facebook Messenger. And I've cut them all together afterwards. It's easy to send in messages. So if you're part of an environmental group or a campaign or you're working on a project or you are part of a social enterprise and you want to tell the community about it, just record a message and email it to hello at climactic.fm or you can now send us a voicemail right from our website, climactic.com.au. Just look for the microphone in the bottom right of the screen and you can send us a voicemail, which is what these lovely people did over the last month. Here's a supercut of Community Corner messages, so you can quickly catch a message you may have missed or get inspired to send in your own. We've delivered these messages thousands of times in the last month as a free service to the climate community. Hello, Climactic community. Hi, Climactic community. Hi, this is Lisa from the Boomerang Alliance. Hi, I'm Brendan Lowe, founder of Smart Our Sundays. Central Coast Greens are hosting the third in their series of Zoom forums to discuss a Green New Deal and a just transition for the Central Coast. Stand Together Against Racism invites you to our forum. COVID-19, racism and migrant worker struggles. My name is Artemis Batici and I am running for councillor in October's Melbourne Council elections as an independent. We would like to invite you to watch TEDx Darlinghurst, a TED event about climate change. Our products are made from recycled and certified organic materials to create high-performance fabrics that are soft and comfy. That's smartassundies.com. And remember, this August 31st, they're giving half their sales to halfcut.org. Victoria is one of the last states to bring in this solution to beverage container pollution. You deserve the best system and can learn from the mistakes of other states. We know that burning fossil fuels is destroying our world. 
the COVID-caused recession creates an opportunity to transition rapidly to renewable energy as part of an economic recovery. Go visit Artemis Batichi for Melbourne Council on Facebook to see if I'm the right candidate for you. Authorised by Artemis Batichi, PO Box 348 South Melbourne. The federal government is pushing for a gas-led recovery. The panel members will be Professor Penny Sackett, formerly Australia's Chief Scientist and currently Professor at ANU's Climate Change Institute, Dr George Crisp from Doctors for the Environment and Mark Ogg from the Australia Institute. The webinar will be moderated by Esther Abram. Make sure you're informed. Book your tickets at pecan.org.au. That's p-e-c-a-n.org.au. Really excited to see you there. And that brings us up to the end of the September edition of Climactic Curation bringing you some of the highlights of the output of the network in one easy place. But don't stop here. Get over to climactic.com.au to subscribe to your new favorite, to send a show to a friend who'd love it, use a panel with an expert like Fiona Armstrong of the Climate and Health Alliance to win an argument with your uncle. Go on, you can. About how climate change is increasing the odds of future pandemics. Or win your mom over by telling her Patty Manning is on an episode because he's a pretty charming guy. Both of those are from the same episode. Check out Climactic Live to find it. For next edition, October, please look out on social media for questions or a topic we'll announce soon, and we welcome you to send in a message and get involved. Or take advantage of Community Corner to have us run an ad for a worthy cause. And finally, if you think you'd like to have a go at podcasting, Please reach out to us. Please reach out to us. See? We make mistakes too. We're all here to learn. That's why this network is here. To help, to equip, and to encourage. So until next time, stay safe and take care of each other in these climactic times. Climactic Collective. Collective.